0: terrifying than we could ever know. He's majestic and holy and uh, we are privileged to know him you are Father That we can even call you our friend our, our Savior God get us back to the simplicity but the beauty of Of just knowing you. God, in a in a world that is falling apart at the seams, and people are going about their day as if nothing is wrong. God, all of creation is crying out that we need a redeemer, a savior, a father to set everything back in order, to make it all right again, even in our own hearts. God, our hearts are crying out to know God to be still, to find strength in you and stop finding strength in ourselves. God, I I pray this season that we find moments of clarity, moments of comfort, moments of revelation, that God, you are real, you are here, and you are about to redeem this whole world back to yourself. God, that we'd be a part of this great story of Jesus. God, help us to know you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Amen. I want to talk to you about a Christmas message we all need, mostly me, because I want to preach to myself all month. Three messages I just felt in the struggle of trying to get your life together in a day like today. Reminders for the gospel uh, to be in our hearts this Christmas And this first one, I want to talk to you about how the weak win. How the weak win. You know, uh, some days as a Christian, I can have faith that soars. You feel like, man, I can move a mountain today. God is good. He's faithful. He's for me. I believe everything I've read. I can rejoice in things that are to come. And then there are some days, everybody knows, you just want to go back to bed, right? There are some days you feel like you're winning, and then there are some days you feel very weak. It's like that you have to convince yourself to believe in what you just said you believed in yesterday. Yesterday, I had it all together. And then today, it seems like, man, if I could just believe what I believed yesterday, man, I could just get through today. That's really... And I feel like a lot of people are there today. And the day that we live, it, I just want to get through today. And, uh, you know, we used to talk about, let's just get to Friday. And sometimes you're just trying to get through Tuesday, right? You're just trying to get through today. Because there's winning moments and there are weak moments. Uh, And every day, we have to make this conscious choice to believe in what I've heard is true and to rejoice in what I know is going to be true. You see, there is this past that I know that the Bible says God did all this wonderful stuff. And I believe it some days more than others. But something about believing in what I know to be true, but then rejoicing in what's about to be true. That's where I want to live. I want to live somewhere between building my life on the past and saying, God, I know the Bible, the Old Testament, the New Testament, this happened. I stand on that word, but I look ahead and I'm already rejoicing in what's about to happen. You see, it's hard to feel strong in a day like today. Uh, there's a weight, I feel, a weight of oppression on the world. I think it came long before COVID-19, but I think it, uh, it grew exponentially after the world chaos that's happened. There's a cloudy and dark mood across the world, a mental anxiety of fear, depression, anger, divisiveness. And I see very few people just shining with confident joy, even great saints. I see very few great saints just shining with confident joy in the day that we live in. There's many Christians who are growing weak. In fact, I I continually, just this last week, heard of pastors quitting and church leaders who've burnt out, and many Christians still staying home from a heaviness and a desire to just stay home and rest, even on a Sunday gathering. Scripture calls this spirit a spirit of fainting, uh, a spirit of heaviness, or sometimes losing heart. And what's going on? Is that every single time we try to find our strength apart from God, God is willing to let us fall to see how weak we really are. It's his mercy towards us to show us how much we need him. And every time I try to do life apart from God or keep my life together or figure life out apart from him and find strength in myself to keep myself going, God removes himself, pulls himself back and says, I want you to see how much you need me, how much you need me. Are you winning or are you weak? Are you praising in your soul right now or do you feel like you're fainting? Are you praising or are you fainting? Are you winning or are you weak? I want to talk to you this morning about how the weak win in Jesus. And If there's one thing I want you to remember by the end is that you need to be weaker to be a winner. Something the world will never tell you but because the weak win in Jesus. When we leave here today, I hope you're weaker because then you'll be a winner. Be weaker to be a winner. Look with me in Luke chapter 1 verse 46. Luke chapter 1 verse 46. Give me the background. The New Testament world was very much like ours. They had all the struggles and strife that we do, and, and even then some. We've got disease and famine across the world, world global uh, wars, and even civil unrest in the midst of this New Testament environment. And the Jews, these humble people, are being taken over by Rome, and they're, they're imp, uh, impoverished by them and taxed by them. And we find... Even within the Jews, there's religious hypocrisy and corruption of power. The nation is divided between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Essenes and the Zealots. It's a divided religious scene. And there's hypocrisy, and the poor are outcast and abandoned. And most people are just going along their day trying to make sure they make it. The poor and the humble are just trying to survive another day, just trying to get to Tuesday. And yet there's just a few, a small remnant, Of humble, faithful people. They refuse to give up. They refuse to not stand on what they know to be true. And they're already, they're ready to start rejoicing in what's about to be true. We come to a young woman and a young man named Mary and Joseph. And the angel appears to Mary and he tells her she's going to have a miracle child, Jesus. And this Holy Son, He's going to be the Son of God, Son of the Most High God. He's going to be the promised eternal King of heaven and earth. And Mary, she hears it, but she's not seen it yet. She only knows it to be true, but she hasn't seen it come to pass. But then she goes to her cousin Elizabeth's house... And Elizabeth prophesies as Mary walks through the door. Then Mary also, filled with the Holy Spirit, begins to sing a song. And this is where we are in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. I want you to know this is one of the first things that the Holy Spirit, through a person, says about Jesus in the New Testament. Zechariah, Elizabeth, and Mary. And Here's what Mary says. She says, My soul exalts... Somebody say, exalts... My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit is rejoiced in my God and my Savior, for he has regarded the humble. Somebody say humble. The humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on all generations will count me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear him. And he's done mighty needs with his arm. And he's scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones. He's exalted those who are humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty handed. Mary had not seen Jesus do not one thing. She had not seen that this baby would be born. It had not come to pass yet, but she rejoiced in the future anyway. She began to rejoice that the weak are about to win with Jesus. The weak are about to win with Jesus. Uh, and she rejoices. That Right there it says, my soul exalts. That word exalts in the original actually means to be lifted up or elevated. In fact, Some people translate it to a leap or a dance for joy. My soul is leaping for joy. My soul is dancing for joy. My soul is exalted. My soul is elevated. Now, what would it take for a humble person in an oppressed society, in a divided religious place with disease running rampant and plagues and wars and famines and pestilence and a persecution and oppression to say, My soul is elevated out of the condition of the day that which I live, that I can exalt the Lord only because I know something is coming? It hadn't happened yet. I hadn't seen any evidence of it, but because I believe this revelation, I believe what Jesus is about to do, and what God has already done, my soul is no longer in the same level as anybody else's soul. Now, I'm thinking about that for our life today. What does it take to have an elevated soul in 2021 USA? What does it take to have an elevated soul? soul, a soul that's leaping for joy in a day like trying to get to Tuesday, that your soul would be elevated and leaping against all odds, against everything that could be against you, that you could have an elevated soul, an elevated spirit. She, uh, Warren Wiersbe says that he, he, Mary prophesied about three people that God was coming to help, the helpless, the humble, and the hungry. I love that. The helpless, the humble, and the hungry. So are you winning or are you weak? Are you fainting or are you praising in the Lord? Where is your, how, how are you? Where are you today? Where's your soul? Where's your spirit? What, what is the elevation? How many feet is your soul up in the air? You know, we fly these planes, 33,000 feet. Mary was on cloud nine. She said, I believe what God has done And what God is about to do, so my soul is elevated. Do you know what God has done for you? Do you have any clue what God's about to do for you? At any moment, Jesus could part this eastern sky, split this thing in two, and make everything right. You haven't seen it yet. She hadn't seen it yet. But her soul was elevated. Why was she elevated? Number two is this. Mary was elevated... Because she believed she was liberated. She was elevated because she believed she was liberated. You know, when we feel like we're going to lose, we get downtrodden. We feel like, man, I, there's, there's no way we're going to win this thing. I don't know if you've ever been on a sports team before. Uh, name any sport, basketball, baseball, soccer, whatever. And if you've ever been on a team like this where you knew most of your team was weak... And if you were to fight this next team on your own, you knew it wasn't going to go so well. You're coming up against somebody who's been state champion, or, man, they've won all their games before, and you're just like, "What are we even playing? I don't know. Like, Why are we even here? But then you know you've got one star player that if it wasn't for them, man, we may not even have a chance, but we're going to kind of rest all of our efforts on this one guy or one girl that, man, they're going to hold us together. Uh, and I, many of you may not remember this or get this for depending on your age group. In 1996, they came out of a movie. The number, do you know the number one basketball movie in the history of the United States is Space Jam? I didn't know that. Space Jam is the number one basketball. A grossing movie. It, and, and if you know the movie, you just follow with me for a second. It's the Looney Tunes, okay? Uh, they are going to be enslaved if they don't win this basketball game, and they're going to lose. And they know they're outmatched, and it's not going to happen. And they're about to be slaves if they lose this basketball game. So what do they do? They go down the earth, and they pick Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan comes, and, and they put all of their weight, all of their winning, onto him. And despite all their worst ability, He carries the whole team, and I'm not going to spoil the movie because it's made in 1996. He wins. They win, okay? So, uh, newsflash, spoiler alert. They win because Michael Jordan's on their team. Now, we love stories like that because it's like the underdog has this one-star player that wins the whole thing. It's like, oh, I was against them, but man, one comes in, and man, that person carries the whole team. You know, there's a story in the Bible like that. We call it David and Goliath. And in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 17, we find Israel's army, a weak team. And the Bible says that their souls were faint. They were weak and weary. Why? Because Goliath, his nine-foot-tall giant, fully armored, was standing in front of the Philistines with a superior army, and he's coming in, and he's taunting them and taunting their God and slandering them, and just, you know, uh, like any good sports-mouthing people would do, you know, they're mouthing off to one another, and he's out there taunting them, and he says, You're... and for 40 days they're just getting weaker and weaker and weaker, and they know they can't win. And here comes this little boy named David. you know the story he's not he's from the least of the least he's the least of his family from the least of his tribes but he's humble in the Lord he's hungry in the Lord but he looks helpless and he comes out there and, and look what he says in First Samuel chapter 17 verse 32. I love this he says, David says to Saul, let no man's heart fail on account of him don't let anybody be not elevated. Don't let anybody be low in spirit. Don't let anybody be faint-hearted. Don't let anyone's heart fail because of this Philistine. And he goes on and he gets a slingshot as Goliath is cursing David. David's just a boy. He comes with a slingshot, but he comes in the name of the Lord. And this is what David said, that in all this assembly that they may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And with that, that little boy threw that slingshot, the giant fell, and we know the story. But what does it have to do with us and Mary? You see, helpless, humble, and hungry. David was helpless. Israel was helpless. They were a helpless team. They were ready to lose at any moment. Goliath was the strong one. David's just a boy. Same way Mary was weak up against her day. There was nothing that she could ever boast in. The world's establishment was strong. And then here comes a little baby. Yeah, we got a baby. What is that going to do? God uses helplessness. Remember what Paul said in 1 Corinthians that God chose the weak. Somebody say weak. He chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. They were helpless. They were humble. David, again, the least of his family, the least of his tribe. Mary, she says, I, I'm a sinner. I don't boast in myself. God is the mighty one. And they're humble, lowly servants. And here's Jesus, in the same way, lowly and lying in a manger. Helpless, humble losers to the world's standards. There's no way this team is going to win. There's no way. They don't have the skill set. They don't have the, what it takes to win. This army's going to fall. This little Jewish sect's not going to make it. This little belief in Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Man, that's hogwash. We're the Roman Empire. Same thing for you and for me. You're just Christians. You're not nothing. There's nothing you can do. The enemy comes against you. He's like, I've got your family. I've got your past, I've got your mind, I've got your job, I've got this economy, I've got your voting rights, I've got everything against you. You've got nothing. What are we going to do? Saul, in his own power, forgot God, and here's David, who had learned to desire the Lord in his personal time. David was hungry, helpless, humble, and hungry. David was hungry for the Lord in his personal time. He was just a boy. He had no, no armor, he had no sword, but he was hungry for the Lord. In fact, when David comes to his brothers, you know what he's doing? He's bringing them bread and some cheese. He's coming to feed the faint hearted. Listen to me. He's coming to feed the faint hearted and I wonder if his brothers were munching on that bread and feeding their, their bodies when he was going out to fight. They're in there eating bread. What is our brother? It's like they're eating popcorn while they're watching a movie. What in the world is this little kid doing? David comes and he feeds them, and he goes to fight. You see, the Bible says not only was Jesus helpless little baby, he was humble, lowly, and lying in a manger, but he was also coming to feed us. The Bible says that Jesus was the bread of heaven who was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. And he came to give you the father's bread from heaven to come to a weak and worn out world to fill the hungry with good things. And while you can sit right now and eat, you can watch Jesus fight for you. Man, you can be famished and sit there and eat from the bread of heaven, just like David went to his brothers and said, here's some bread, watch me go fight your battle for you. What? How, is you how are you going to win for me? But Just take some bread, watch me fight. You're famished in heart? Take some of this, I'll feed you from Father's table. I'll go to the line and fight for you. Well, the odds are against this baby, Mary. There's nothing this baby's going to do. Yeah, but I know something. I know what God has done, and I believe in what God's about to do. My soul, I don't see the battle won yet, but my soul is elevated. I'm elevated. Why? You know, when the enemies saw Goliath fall, the Philistines, the Bible says they fled and immediately went their separate ways. In Israel's camp, you know what they did? They let out a shout. And they followed. And they took them all. I think that's the same moment that Mary had right there with that baby. Knowing that it hadn't happened yet. That same elevated praise that came out of Israel that day when the giant fell. I think Mary let out that same praise on that day. That someone said, somebody greater than David is here. God is with us. Same thing David said. Don't let anybody's heart fail on this. The battle is the Lord's. Mary's like, man... Let's let out an exalted praise. We know what God has done in the past. We believe in what he's about to do. And we make an elevated shout of glory and say, God, I don't know how you're going to get me through this season or through today, even if it's just Tuesday, but I know what you've done in the past. I know what you're about to do. And that same giant that fell uh, with David is the same giant that Jesus slayed on that cross, that sin and that Satan and that hell and that death was against us. And that you and I can say, man, I'm going to eat from my father's table and watch this star player on our weak team fight our battle for us. That's our team. You see, we don't win this thing apart from him. We stand on the line and we watch Jesus fight our battles for us. We're the, we're the Looney Tunes. We're the outcasts. We're Israel's army, weak and trembling and faint-hearted. And the little baby steps up to the line on that day and he says, Watch me. Watch what I'm about to do. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. And just take some bread from Father's table and watch me fight your battles for me. Jesus would say, I've come to bring good news to the afflicted. I think he's, I can just see him in a, in, a, in a metaphorical sense. I can see a little Jesus spinning a slingshot. And he's saying, I've come to bring good news to the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, <clears throat> proclaim liberty to the captives, freedom to the prisoners, proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, a day of vengeance to our God. I'm coming to comfort all who mourn. I'm coming to grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a garland of, of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. Listen, the mantle of praise instead of a spirit of fainting. You see, we're famished, we're fainting, we're standing on the line, the giants up against us. We've got one who's come to fight our battles for us. The problem is, is when am I going to start shouting that Jesus has already crushed the devil's head? You say, we, we believe it in one sense, but we don't respond to it in another. We're like Israel standing on the line, and the giant just fell, and David just cut off his head. We don't say that in our kids' department. But the day he cuts off his head, he's standing there, and I think it's like, Go. Hello. Israel had to let out a shout, and then Israel had to run in victory, for the battle had already been won. Come on, somebody. It's already been finished on the cross. In Colossians, it says, He made a spectacle of Him, triumphing on the cross. He nailed the code that was against you. He nailed it through His own flesh. He di- died for you. It gave us victory. He says, the giant is dead. Somebody better let out a shout, but man, God has won this thing. And I don't know, you might not see it. It's not completely finished yet. But I can shout before the battle is even won. Because I know what that star player has done on my team. How do you live in that place? You have to not only be elevated and liberated. If you want to be elevated and liberated, you've got to be consecrated. Consecrated. He helps the helpless, the humble, and the hungry. And lastly, Matthew 5 2. You remember what Jesus said? It's like Mary prophesied it and then Jesus said it again. His first sermon, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek, they'll inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be satisfied. Why? Because the weak win with Jesus. If you want to be a winner, you better be weak. If you want to Be a winner. You better be weak because you need to be weaker to be a winner. I don't know. In the last two years, I've probably felt the weakest than I've ever felt in my Christian life before. Especially in the last few months, the weakest. How are we going to do this? How are we going to get through this? How are we going to navigate this time? How are we going to survive this? We're just Pastor Christian and I. We're like we're just trying to get through today. We're just trying to make it through another Sunday, Lord. What are you doing? How I can't see ahead, God. We're just going to try to. Do our best. And it's like, yeah, I want you to be weaker because then I'll be the winner. You see, if you want to win, celebrate your weakness. You know what Paul said, Second Corinthians? He says, I can boast in my weakness so the power of Christ would dwell in me. And then he goes on and he goes, I can hear the Lord saying this. He says, I can hear the Lord saying to me when I realize my weakness is really my strength that I'm the Israel that needs the famished bread from the Father's table. I'm the one that needs somebody on our... Our star player to step out from the line and conquer this giant for me when I realize that I can do nothing apart from him that I don't have to have it all together that I am going to fail today unless Jesus takes action on my behalf he says I can do this because I hear the Father saying my grace is sufficient for you for my power is perfected in your weakness and he says then I can say back to the Lord when I am weak then I am strong when I'm weak, then I am strong. The weak win with Jesus. If you want to be a winner, you better be weaker. No one says that today in the world. You can make it on your own. Be all the best you can be. Be the better you. You know, figure it out. You know, pull your up by your own bootstraps. Just get a plan. Get a, get a calendar. Get some checklist. You know, pull people around you who can build. Man, you want to be a winner? Realize you don't have it all together. Realize you're hopeless and helpless without him. And then you cry out in hunger, Lord, all I need is you, Jesus." And He says, "I help the helpless, I help the humble, I help the hungry. I help those are weak, because I'm the winner. I'm learning to choose it every day. God, like Mary, I don't have it all together. I can look to the past and say, God, I believe in what you've already done. And, Lord, I don't see how you're going to make it through. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I don't know what his plans are for every part of my life, for our church. I don't know, God, how we're going to make it through another week or a month or a day. But I know something. I know God's going to elevate my soul. I know God has liberated my soul. I know that he helps the helpless. He helps the hungry. He helps the humble. And like Mary, we can say, God, I choose to make my soul rejoice in the Lord. My soul is elevated, for my God fights for me. You can sing out a song like this. I love Psalm 61, verse 2. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against the enemy. Be weaker to be a winner. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Be weaker to be a winner. Lord, I need to be weaker. God, I I keep praying for strength. I keep praying, Lord, for me to figure it out. God, we keep praying for resources in our life. We keep praying for a release of all the things around us. We keep praying for our jobs to change, our families to change. We can keep praying for our economy to change. But Lord, we can boast in our weakness. Lord, let us boast in our weakness. That's when we are strong is when we find our strength in the Lord that we take eat from our Father's table like Mary, even though we don't see a change in our condition, we can see an elevation of our soul. God, would you raise up our souls to be elevated because we're liberated through Jesus Christ. Do you believe that today? That you are elevated through Jesus Christ, that you are liberated. What you have done for us, Father, we rejoice what you've done and what you're about to do through Jesus Christ. All across this room, I'm going to just invite you just to make an altar moment to the Lord, right where you are. Today, if you need Jesus in your heart, and maybe you are up against that giant, the devil, the battle of sin, is against you hell is against you death is against you satan's coming to you and say i've got your pass I've got your problems, I've got all your labels, they're all right here, I'm, I'm right here, there's no hope for you, you're never going to be any different than you are, no one's ever going to trust you, you're, you're never going to make it, and if you were to die today, I've got you, and the enemy can slander you and hold you to all those labels and all those things you've ever done, he can say this habit is never going to be broken in your life, he can say you're never going to have freedom, and you can say, Lord, I can't do this apart from you, Jesus, I need you to step out from the line. Jesus, I need you to fight this battle for me. The Bible says that he is faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us of all our unrighteousness and to give us his righteousness. He is a good father who sent his only son, weak like you, humble like you, to show you how to be free. You can put your hope and your trust in Him. If that's you for the first time, you can just pray with me right now in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, so I'll do what the Bible says, to love God and to love others. Lord, make me born again and alive with Christ. Fill me, Father. Save me. I surrender my life to you. If that's you, after the end of this service, I really want to pray with you. If you've made that prayer for the first time or the second time or maybe the 10th time, you're saying, God, I just want help, Father, to trust in you for salvation. We're here, our staff is here to pray with you, to encourage you. Maybe you're a Christian today. You say, God, I've been trying to be strong. I've been trying to be strong. I've been trying to make it on my own. And his call is be weaker. Be weaker. Man of God, be weaker. Woman of God, be weaker. And then you'll be a winner. Maybe the Lord is taking us on a journey to show us how much we need Him to fight our battles for us, to stand in the gap. Say, Lord, I need you. Jesus, I need you. You're growing faint today. He's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. Wait on the Lord. Renew your strength. Jesus, would you come? All across this room, if that's you, you just begin to cry out to the Lord. God, I need your strength. God, I don't need it from myself. Lord, I can't I can't fix it. I can't fake it. I can't conjure it. I can't figure it. Jesus, just you. All I need is you, Jesus.